to the Callie After Hours podcast. I am Callie, and this is the 15th, I think, episode of this podcast. Don't quote me on it, but I think it's 15th. And you guys needed a guest this month, so I have my older brother, Spencer, with me. Yo, what's up, guys? (laughs) It's your boy. It's already off to a great start, I feel. Yeah. You just woke up from a nap. I'm refreshed. I'm ready to go. You're ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so introduce yourself. What are what are your interests? What do you do? What's your at? Oh, my at, dude? Well, I'm Spencer. Um, my Instagram handle is Spencer underscore tattoo SLC. You can catch my tattoos there. Facebook, Spencer Webb. Uh, social security number. No. Um, yeah. Uh, that's, I don't, I don't post anything but tattoos and I'm not, and not often cause I'm bad at social media, but that's where you can find them. That's where you can find them. Okay. So, so who are you other than that? Um, just, uh, you know, I, I'm a guy that, uh, I like, I like hanging out with friends uh, don't have to do much. Just chill on a couch. I like watching stupid YouTube videos. Um, He's into Smosh, guys. Okay, we didn't we didn't have to name drop nothing. I know I'm I know I'm like 15 years late to figuring out that, but I like I like hockey a lot. I love the Bruins. I go to basically every Grizzlies home game that I can make it to, which is almost all of them, because I make it. So that I can make it to him. <laughs> You're very lucky enough to create your own schedule. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I own a motorcycle and I love riding my motorcycle. <laughs> I rode it today, even though it wasn't quite warm enough, but I, I did it today anyway. And I'm going to do it again when it's too cold and I'm going to be freezing on my way home. But I'm going to do it because here we are. <laughs> I love metal uh, music. Hardcore. Uh, but I also love, you know, Lady Gaga. So there's. We love A Star is Born in this. Yeah. House. It's a great movie. I don't know what love is. <laughs> yeah, and, the, and, uh, and other hits. <laughs> <laughs> but mainly that one, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you mentioned hockey. Yes. I actually have no idea how you got into hockey. I think it was. It had to have been like around 2019. A lot of my friends are into hockey. It wasn't anything crazy. I have a friend, Kyle, who definitely is into just sports in general. He's a big sports guy, and he loves every single New England, Massachusetts team. I don't care about any of that. We I remember being in a Buffalo Wild Wings. A bunch of friends were there, and we were just watching hockey. I, at this point, I knew nothing really about hockey. I didn't know almost any of the rules. I didn't know, you know, why people were getting penalties for certain things. So I was just like, I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm just chilling. <laughs> I came here to listen to Slipknot. So, and then after that, uh, you know, COVID happened. There wasn't a lot of options of things to do, I guess, and I think that that kind of helped ease it into to more of like, oh, I'll watch some hockey because, you know, what else am I going to do? My friend Ben, he also uh, loves the Bruins, so it was kind of just like an easy, I guess, choice to go, oh, I guess I'll watch a Bruins game, you know, like 
normally when I'm with these guys, that's what's on anyway, mm-hmm. hockey wise. So I'll just I'll I'll watch them, and uh, and then I couldn't I couldn't tell you why, but uh, it seemed again like out of nowhere. Uh, all of uh, all the friends just they were all like, hey man, we're gonna go to Grizzlies games. You know, and maybe I'm just an idiot and didn't realize that they were doing that all along. But it definitely seemed like out of nowhere for me that they were just all going to Grizzlies games. And I was like, cool, let's go to Grizzlies games. And uh, yeah, that's I think that helped really uh, build that passion for being in a in that environment. And one, the the, the Grizzly games are crazy um, empty. So it's it's uh I don't feel like for for like normal people if they were to go to a Grizzlies game they'd be like dude hockey's awesome you know cuz one they suck uh-huh. uh and two yeah there there's not a lot of energy there really because the 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 arena is almost almost empty but uh for me perfect uh, it's my time to shine man I'll yell real loud and you'll know exactly who said it and I'll ye- yell at every single uh player on the team on the opposing team and so yeah, that just helped it helped it really drive that passion for, you know, I when I learned I learned more of like the rules and everything, which it was like okay, cool. Once I got that, and then I started learning players, and it was just just a snowball effect of here we are. I guess I'm a hockey guy now. <laughs> and since you've gotten into hockey, I've picked up on it. I uh, yeah, I think I think uh, I'm pretty good at. Uh, forcing you to like the things I like so that someone in the family will I, I have someone to talk to about these things <laughs> and out of everyone that's gonna do that it's gonna be me yeah yeah <laughs> so I actually even today you didn't know that there was a Bruins game and I knew there was a Bruins game and I watched it uh I feel like I did kind of know that I should have <laughs> I I knew that we played back to back last week and I definitely after I found out there was one today I was like oh yeah I do remember uh, knowing that we were going to do back-to-back two weeks in a row. I knew the information was there, but it was deep down and buried. Uh, and yeah, but I, I woke up far too late mm-hmm. in the in the afternoon to, to watch it. And I get a text from Kyle, and he's like, seven different goal scores. And I was like, what is this guy talking about, man? And then I pull up when I can't come here and to, to see you. I, you know, dad's standing outside and tells me i'm he's i'm a bad influence on you and i go why he's like because she was watching hockey in church and i was like oh dude there must have been a game today what the what the heck so yeah i missed and apparently you know it was a killer game i ended up watching the highlights on it but yeah awesome game beat bruins beat the kraken seven seven to zero yeah oh no sorry it wasn't the kraken it was uh the sabers the buffalo sabers yes yeah they they shut out the sabers seven to zero seven different goal scorers they scored they scored in like the first minute that's 50 i think 15 15 seconds is what they said on the highlights yeah because all of a sudden because i turned it on i turned it on five minutes after it started Mm -hmm. and they had already had a goal yeah i was like what yeah (laughs) i think they definitely scored within the first minute and i think if i recall it was the it was the first 15 seconds and you you've mentioned this before but i i guess going back farther i had any podcast episode of like what i've been loving recently Mm -hmm. and i said hockey yeah and i didn't think that that was gonna like mean anything but then you said you got all teary yeah i got a little teary-eyed when i heard that because it was just like oh man i didn't realize because obviously i know you like just spending time, you know, with w- me and then obviously our, our older brother, Cody, there was that there was just a big enough age gap 
between us that like by the time you and Ethan were kind of uh you know coming into a personality and 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 wanting to to kind of hang out and being at an, as a certain age to be able to do stuff um that was beyond just you know playing with little toys in a room or watching a TV show or whatever that uh you know me especially I was already out of the house and you know Cody definitely was shortly after it was one of those things that knowing just that you wanted to to be able to do stuff with us uh especially since there wasn't really a massive chance for that when uh when you guys were younger and uh yeah I, I was just like yeah whatever she's just she's just here you know she's just here because I'm here she but mm-hmm. to know that it kind of like actually you know meant something to you as well beyond just oh yeah you know my brother's watching hockey so I'll go <laughs> hang out with him mm-hmm. and I'll watch hockey <laughs> So yeah, it was uh, definitely made me feel a little uh, a little emotional just to go. Oh man, like I didn't realize that one. Besides her just wanting to hang out, she actually started, she was actually liking what we were doing because you know you know me. I'm I don't I feel like I'm not a lot of fun. Like I know I'm fun, <laughs> but like I don't really feel like I'm a good entertainer for uh, you know a, a, like a singular person. Like if it's just me and you, I'm just like oh uh, so. Uh, oh, you want to watch a TV show or something? Because I want to watch Smosh. <laughs> yeah, you want to watch Smosh. I'm not a good. Uh, I, I'm not a good like. Yeah, host. I guess of just one on one. Is there? I just feel like the the more the merrier. You can build off more conversations. You can. There's more chance of just having a good time. But, but yeah, so like knowing that you were getting involved and actually liking that, I was like, oh. I, I'm glad that we're gonna like we have that like beyond just the bond of brother and sister hanging yeah. out. Now we have another like bond to make it stronger. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was it was cute and I liked it. And speaking of that last part, like you and I are so close now. Yeah, I feel like yeah. And I don't know what happened. I love being around my siblings and especially with you and Cody. I didn't really grow up with you guys. Yeah, and so every chance that I could, like I have memories of of when we were living in Kearns and you guys were in the basement and if you had friends over I would like try and like get in there yeah <laughs> I would be like you guys have friends here for sure but also I'm here so I'm just gonna weasel my way into whatever you guys are doing yeah I mean I think I think definitely getting older is always I think it always brings family closer together for the most part, especially just because you start to, one, you, you go off on your own a little bit because you're like, oh, man, I'm around these guys all the time, and I want a little bit of I want a little bit of freedom away from you guys, and then you, you actually get that. And, uh, yeah, it makes you go, oh, man, like I really, I really like being around that. I really feel at home around these people, so you, you tend to gravitate back to it. I think me and you, obviously, obviously you're a Cancer, and I'm a Scorpio, obviously. so it's just kind of our thing. Obviously, <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, I think me and you have always kind of been more drawn to each other uh, than I would say the other two. You mm-hmm. know, um, I don't know, I don't know what it was. I couldn't tell you. Maybe it's just we're both 
technically, I, I, obviously we're not both technically second borns, but like we kind of are. Well, I guess, I guess not actually. Never mind. I guess you're, you're technically, technically a firstborn. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't know. I get, I guess you're a middle child is I guess it. Yes. Yeah. So we're both technically middle children. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's got to do with that. Maybe it's, we both understand that, uh, that older and younger sibling dynamic so it's a lot easier for us to kind of get along because obviously Ethan only knows a younger sibling dynamic and Cody only knows an older sibling dynamic so yeah I think that there's I mean there's something to be said about middle children for sure like Mm -hmm. you uh you get to live in both worlds you know you get to be kind of a mentor to someone and try to show them certain things I guess but then you also get to punch them and call them a nerd so (laughs) every every time if Spencer is around me I'm getting hit at least a couple times in the same spot like in the arm or he's like hitting my leg to like a beat of a song or something I'm almost constantly getting hit yeah I haven't today though that's true I've been uh I've been sweepy today apparently (laughs) I didn't even know I was gonna take a nap when Ethan was on Mm mm-hmm I mean, I felt like him and I getting along was kind of like an overnight thing. And there's something to be said about the overnight thing with you and Ethan, too. Because I feel like, I mean, honestly, I feel like that was the same thing with me and Cody. Me and Mm. Cody being younger, uh, when we were younger, it was, you know, he never wanted me around. Didn't want me hanging out when he was hanging out with his friends. You know, Mm -hmm. didn't want any of this, any of this stuff. And I mean, obviously... And I'm sure it was kind of the same for Ethan, a sense of like, oh, that's my older sibling. Like, I want to... I want to do what they're doing, you know? So they try to get involved and the older one's like, get out of here, get out of here, you know, you're, you're ruining it. These are my friends. And, but yeah, and then out of nowhere, it's just like, oh, dude, you're, you're awesome. I like you. Mm-hmm. You, you. You've been there the whole time. That's crazy, dude. <laughs> I think with, I think with me and you though, like I said, the being, being the middle children, I think there's something to be said about that, but also, I don't know, dude, I don't think I believe in astrology but yeah i don't know with they say that cancers and scorpios get together really well and i feel like that's true because like i I also i love cody and ethan but i'll punch both of them like and not because i'm (laughs) we're listening to a song i'll just i'll punch both those guys i don't care (laughs) love them but i'll punch them for sure so you are a tattoo artist you're not an artist i'm a tattooer you're a tattooer i'm a tattooer i don't ever claim to be an artist I make tattoos, you know, mm-hmm. and sure, I obviously I feel like there's artists that have probably done great things and they made these masterpieces and they haven't been like versed in any other sort of skill of art, I guess, of medium. But me, I'm like, man, I'm I can draw tattoos and that's it. I can't. You know, people, people at, well, they don't really anymore. And I feel like this because of how often I said no, but people used to always ask me to like, oh, will you, you know, will you paint something on my wall or, oh, will you, you know, will you, uh, paint my motorcycle helmet or will you paint this? Will you draw this? And I'm like, dude, no, like I'm, I don't know. It's going to turn out terrible. <laughs> I'm so bad at that. Like if I can't, if I can't like sit there and like meticulously sketch this thing out, and then place a stencil down for it to run it. Like, I mean, if I just went, to, if I just tried to paint someone's wall, I have no idea where to even begin with that. I don't even know what kind of like paints I would use. Like, would I be like using spray paints? Was it, or would I be using like, you know, one shot paints or whatever? I don't even know, man. I'm like, I don't know any of this stuff. 
That's why I don't, yeah, so I don't consider myself an, an artist. I'm definitely a tattooer. I see other tattooers, you know, that I would say are artists. I'm like, dude, these guys do, like, paintings, whether that's, like, the oil color paintings or watercolor paintings or the airbrush, stuff like that. And I see these people that are doing, like, crazy stuff. I'm like, you guys are good. You guys are really good at that stuff. And me, I'm like, I can I can definitely draw a tattoo. I can draw a neo-traditional tattoo, man. Like, I got that. <laughs> what you guys are doing? No, nah, no, nah, I don't got that stuff. You go ahead and do that because I'm bad at that. I, I've never tried it, but I can tell you I'm bad probably. <laughs> You've pretty much had it in your head that you were going to be a tattooer since you were, what, 16? Yeah, I would say somewhere around there. Did you think about doing anything else? Um... Kind of. I Realistically, no. I think the only other thing that I thought about doing was being a comedian. I'm a witty, funny guy, you know. Uh, I quote a lot of movies. I'm really good at quoting movies and quoting YouTube videos and, and just stuff like that. Like, I can remember those things. Um, and there was it was always one of those things that I would say something... And people are like, oh, well, well, what that? What's that movie from? And I'm like, oh, that's not from a movie. I just, I just said that one. That one was just me. It always made people laugh. So I, that was, that was, and I loved watching comedy specials uh, growing up. You know, yeah. Besides tattooing, I think being like a stand-up was the only other thing I thought about. But that was even never really as hard as I thought about being a tattooer. And the, and other than that, there was zero backup. I didn't take any classes in high school that would prepare me for a, a career or a job or whatever, um, you know, other than the, the basic garbage that they tell you is going to help. I had zero plan um, other than I'm going to be a tattooer, man. That's that's it. That's all I got. And hopefully it works out because <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what else I'm going to do. I guess work at a factory or something <laughs> downtown putting peaches in a can. Peaches in a can? Yeah. You know. Millions of peaches, peaches for me. Millions of peaches, peaches for free. Peaches come in a can. They were put there by a man in a factory downtown. You probably, actually, I probably shouldn't sing that. I don't know. You could probably get <laughs> demacked over this. I mean, I don't know who's listening to this podcast, but hopefully you don't. Maybe edit that out. I don't know. No, but, I'll keep ooh, it. I don't okay. really care. Get demacked. Who cares, right? YOLO. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so how did you get started with tattooing? The wrong way. I think being in Utah, it's the wild west out here for tattooing, man. I've said that. I that's a that's you that's a coined quote for me cuz there's nothing beyond getting a city to zone you and the health department signing off saying, "Yep, you you could tattoo out of this place that you need to become a a, a professional tattooer here so many shops of just people that don't necessarily know exactly what they're doing and it's it's one of those things it's hard uh yeah i i went down to my local incredible toy bought a tattoo gun you know was like i'm gonna get me a tattoo gun (laughs) i'm gonna blast me some tatties yeah so i went and got a tattoo kit that came with you know, a tattoo machine, a power supply, a clip cord, some and needles. And they sold it to you being 16? Yeah. They're, I mean, Incredible Toy don't care, man. They make, they're making their money. And that's the thing with tattooing, too. Like, that's why I feel like as tattooers that care, it's such a sacred thing. And we want to see it succeed and we want to we wanna see it grow. So anyone that doesn't, that, I mean, yeah, it's sure, it could be a cash cow 
for a lot of a lot of people, whether that's the the people doing the tattoos or the people selling the equipment or the the you know the inks and stuff like that. But yeah, walked right in, had a hundred and twenty five bucks and left with a tattoo kit. And then was tattooing oranges. And then, obviously, being in high school and being young, I got some stupid friends. You know, we're all stupid. Mm-hmm. So I got friends that like, dude, you should tattoo me. And I'm like, you know what? I think you're right. I think I should tattoo you. <laughs> and tattooed a few of them. And Cody. And Cody. Cody's was the best. Cody's somehow. looks really good. Yeah, I don't know how I did it. He has a U, like the Utes U, on the back of his leg. And... It looks pretty good. Yeah, the lines are clean and straight. Yeah. And the red is the red is red and it's in there. It's the only one. The only one that looked good. <laughs> all the other ones were bad. Okay, ready to get all all deep and personal? Yes. Yes. <laughs> you have been married before. Yep. And you have also been divorced before. Yep. When you were Thinking about getting married, mm-hmm. did you ever have a hesitation about maybe I shouldn't get married? No, because again, I wasn't thinking. You know, I'm just. You I'm just, never had a hesitation. I really. mean, to get to get married or to get married to the person I was getting married to. Do you have a different answer for those two questions? I don't think so. Okay. I don't. It's hard to say because. Looking back, you know, like when you're in that relationship, it's really easy to to dismiss things, you know. Mm-hmm. Obviously, now as I'm like thinking back, I'm like, dude, there, uh, yeah, I was hesitant. Dude, what are we talking about? Like, but I know now, you know, like I know now what I didn't then, so it's hard to say for certain. But yeah, like, was I hesitant to get married? No. Was I hesitant to get married to the person I got married to? Probably still also no, but, you know, maybe. Because there wasn't, the idea of marriage definitely didn't didn't scare me or I was like, no thank you or whatever. Even getting married to the person I did, it was like, I mean, at the time, you know, I was very much convinced that they loved me and they wanted to spend the rest of their life with me and and all that other stuff, and and you know, it's one of those things that when I when I was getting divorced and I was newly divorced, and I was like, this B word never loved me in the first place, you know, like f her for doing this to me. She wasted my time, and she lied to me, and she whatever, and you know, maybe she did, but also maybe she didn't, you know, maybe she did in that moment to love me entirely you know who knows I don't know I'm not in her head but yeah for sure I was very mad and it was very much uh you know oh you did this to me but so was there hesitation no probably not because yeah either a she was really good at faking that she loved me or b she might have just like loved me and then stopped you know and who knows why she stopped but maybe maybe I think you could tell after a while she wanted a wedding. Yeah, and I think I mean I think that's uh, you know, I think most especially most women want weddings. Like it's it's kind of what and maybe not so much anymore, but it's like my generation for sure. It's what uh you know, it's what was 
put in all the Disney movies and all the whatever. And like beforehand too, you know, like you, you had this wedding as this woman and this, this man that was Prince charming that was going to take you away from all of your problems. Uh, you know, it was, it was this very beautiful, wonderful thing to have a very look at me day. You know, this is my day. Go, go me, you know? And I think that's the problem with weddings is it's usually it's supposed to be a celebration of a of of two people combining their life. And I feel like it ends up being a celebration for one person, you know, like someone really wants to get that someone really wants to get married and then someone really wants to have a wedding. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously that's not true all the time. But, yeah, I think I think the wedding ends up being less about the person that actually just wants to get married to this person because i mean for me if you want to get married you can do it pretty easily like you go down to a courthouse get married that day i think you need like two witnesses so it doesn't take much it doesn't take long you hell as a joke you could go to vegas get married in vegas you know that's only six hours away driving time for us so there's so many options of just doing the dang thing that it doesn't really make sense to be over the top about it. So yeah, I think I think she wanted a wedding. Did she want to get married? Maybe. Did she want to have a wedding? Absolutely. Married at 22, divorced by 24, dude, just just racking up life experience real fast. Just running through those levels. I love weddings. I really do. So I was really excited when when you got married because you were the first sibling to get married. Mhm. And I was so excited. I was going to be a flower girl. I was the only person in the wedding party wearing cream for some reason. Everybody else was wearing burgundy. So I was like... Burgundy. Burgundy. It's red. It's burgundy. Maybe. You're making up colors now and I'm the guy that knows colors. Okay, whatever. Everybody <laughs> else was wearing red. I was the only person wearing cream and I felt very awkward about it. Did you? Yeah. Did you want to be wearing red or did you want everyone to be wearing cream with you? Well, I was what like, everybody think? else is wearing cream. So I, I red? mean, red. Oh my gosh. Everybody else is wearing red. Well, why, so why did you wear cream? Because she, she told us like burgundy and cream are colors. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay. And I, it was, it took us forever to find a dress literally. And so we eventually found one and it was cream. But I didn't know that literally everybody's main color of what they were wearing was burgundy. And I was like, <laughs> I literally stuck out like a sore thumb. Or. It was you, my day. Yeah, or it was your day. Everyone was looking at you going, dang, look at this one. All these suckers are wearing red around here. She wearing cream. Everyone she else go missed get, the memo. She a go-getter. <laughs> <laughs> but your wedding was fun. You had Chick-fil-A. And I did like that. Yeah, it was all right. I, I wasn't really there for it, so I don't know. Yeah, that was a bummer. Yeah. But there was Chick-fil-A. I remember writing that letter for you, mm-hmm. and that was, a, that was a cute little moment. Yeah. I wrote him a letter to give to him on his wedding day. I don't even remember what it said. Me neither. I got it somewhere, but though. But something, you know, real sappy and whatever. And then I remember literally giving it to you and then walking away. Yeah, you you did. You hit, you hit and ran, dude. <laughs> Because I was like, I I don't think I could just like stand there and like watch him read it. So I gave it to you, like bolted away. And then I think someone was like, Spencer is like looking for you. And I was like, okay. So then I went and found you. 
And then we just like hugged and cried. Hugged and cried. Yeah. They wrote a book about us. That was that's what it would be called. Hugged and cried. Hugged and cried. <laughs> hugged and cried and laughed a little bit. <laughs> How long were you married for? Oh goodness, I got married August. 2016 and i was separated by december 2017 so that time that you were married Mm -hmm. were you in like a honeymoon phase because it was like so short so were you like these happy newlyweds or was it no it was oh man i just feel like it was a a non-stop feeling of inadequacy she had all these big dreams and big plans for the house and all this stuff. And it was just like, dude, I, oh, first of all, I don't know if you know this. I'm just a guy that tattoos, man. I And I'm also 22. So I don't know what you expect me to do. I'm not a contractor. You know, I'm not going to f- flip this house. I don't know. What, what do you expect from me? And then secondly... It's not like we had a ton of money, you know? It's not like, oh, here we are with all this money to play with, to do all this stuff. So, yeah, it was a constant feeling of uh, she wanted these things done, and I wasn't giving them to her. I don't know what to tell you. You uh, you work at Jimmy John's, and I'm a, you know, a newer tattooer. So, maybe this is my problem. I don't know. I feel like I love big. Maybe I'm not always great at expressing that in, in a loving way. Because I also yell big, too. You know, I'm a yeller. You are. And that's not even a mad thing. That's I'm going to I'm going to yell. You talk loud. Yeah. You talk very loudly. Yeah. So but when I'm when I'm angry, it's definitely loud. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm also I want I want answers. Damn it. I want the I want the I want the answers. I want the results. So when it when there was arguments, it was it was. Well, we'll we got to figure this out. You know, let's figure this out. I don't know. It wasn't the best formula for communication. And I still feel like it's kind of one of my problems is I want. I'm also not the kind of person that wants to to mess around with anything, you know, like I don't have time for it. I don't want to have there be this issue and go, well, mm, don't talk to me. And I, it's OK. Never. Nothing. Nothing's wrong. Eh. You know, I'm just like. Let's let's hash this out. Let's have the argument if that's what it has to be. Let's get it figured out, you know? Let's just do it. Let's just figure it out so that we can move on. I don't like this. Oh, well, I don't want to talk about it right now. It's like, okay, well when the when the when the frick do you want to talk about it then? You going to want to talk about it later, you know? No, because when when all of it's died down, you're going to be like, "Well, let's not hash it back up again, you know, now." You're just going to be like, "Oh, well, it's over now, so whatever." And that's not who I am. Because I'm thinking about it still, for sure. Like, I'm like, nope, I never got an answer. There's not a resolution to this. This will just be another item I bring up the next time we get into an argument. I will bring this one back up because I'm like, okay, I guess we're arguing. Let's bring the stuff back up that never got handled last time. Slay drink water queen. I don't know. (laughs) Slay drink water queen? Yeah. Slay the drink water queen. Who initiated the divorce? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, she did. Interesting. Yeah, I'm uh again, I think I've made a I make it pretty clear. I'm stupid. I'm not thinking, you know. 
Like, I'm just kind of doing. I'm walking around bumping into stuff here. It's something that I would have, I would have not, I would have not left her. It definitely not at that point yet, you know. Like, I'm for sure someone that doesn't, I, I'm not going to so much just drop something when it's hard or it's not going the way I want it to. I'm not really, I'm not really like that. Even in my art, you know, like I, when I worked with other, with other people, they would be drawing something and let's go back a while. And when we used to draw on paper, you know, they would be drawing on paper and out of nowhere, man, they would just crumple it up and throw it away. And when we started working on the iPads and stuff, they would just, just delete it. Just nope, delete it. And I've even never been like that for, for even art, you know, like when I start drawing something, I basically keep everything that I start drawing because a lot of the times I'll start drawing something, absolutely hate it. And I'm just like, whatever, man, I'm going to get out of this thing. And I just, I back, I, you know, get out of that one. And maybe I start drawing, I try to start drawing something else or I do something else or whatever. But at some point I usually revisit what I started on there. And most of the time it ends up being a really cool design that I, that I draw that I'm like, I'm really happy I drew this, but it took me several tries or at least a break in between starting it to finishing it. Cause I'm like, it's not going the way I'm trying to get it to go right now. It doesn't mean it's, it's garbage. You know, it's not, it's not, it's not, I'm not over it. So yeah, it wasn't me. I wouldn't have, I'm not, I'm not that kind of person to, I don't know, to commit, not to commit something, but not to start something and just go, eh, it'd be easier if I did it anymore, you know? So that does sound like you are. Yeah. You're like all in, like yeah. with a, with the Bruins. Yep, I'm all in, man. You're you're all in. Got them tattooed, tatted on my thumb. You do. I I would have put it on my face, but I didn't want to be single over it. Was that was that like a? That's a real thing. Like a deal breaker. F- face tattoos. No, like if you got a a B on your face. No, it wasn't. The, it's not what it is. It's uh, she she doesn't want any more tattoos on my face. Hmm. Which is well, fair. fair. It, it's not, you know, <laughs> but it is, I guess, because I already have them on my face, man. Like, you do. They're there. They are They're there. noticeably there. Yep. Now, do I know where I would have put the bee on my face? No. Yeah. Would I it have looked good? Say, Who knows? You where know? would you have put it? Because I would have figured it out, though, probably. I, you definitely would have figured it out. Would have put it on my forehead, right in between my eyes, like little Uzi Vert or something. Oh, my God. Who's the guy that's got the, the the dagger in between his eyebrows? Yeah, I think it's 21 Savage. That's hilarious, though. I love that. Why you got a cross on your forehead? It's a knife. <laughs> <laughs> How do you keep your pants up? That's amazing. Belt. Belt. <laughs> <laughs> so, you get divorced. Yep. And then you were very, very noticeably sad. Oh, I was sad. Yeah, I was sad. I felt... I felt like a huge failure. I was crushed for for months after, you know, she she told me she wanted a divorce and I moved out. It was something that I was like, no, we're going to get back together. Like we're going to we're going to work this out. We're going to get back together. But yeah, devastated. I was devastated about it. My whole life flipped upside down, man. Like it really did. Like everything for me changed. And it it sucked. I, you know, I went from having a wife, a house, stability, it seemed like, like all these things, like somewhere to call home, you know, and then 
I was moving into a one-bedroom apartment with a bed, a TV, and a cat. And that was it. That didn't feel like home. When I was there, it was like, this This isn't my home. I don't. It's uncomfortable to be here. And it took a, it took a while. It took a long while to to feel okay again. You know, I stopped working. I just, I wasn't in a headspace, so I just stopped taking appointments. I would go to the shop every day, and I knew I needed to go to the shop every day. I would wake up whenever I did, and I would go to the shop because I still wanted to be there so that when this, this you know, sadness was over, there was still always that habit of just going to work. I didn't want it to be easy not to go to work because, uh, yeah, I set my own schedule, and so... No one's going to tell me I have to be there. No one's going to force me in. So I wanted to make sure that I was always still there just so that I, when I was done being sad, it was easy just to go back to work. But yeah, I would go to work and I would just play Call of Duty in the back, just cry. I would stay there a lot too. Like I was there late. I was always at the shop until about 4 or 5 a.m. just playing, yeah, playing Call of Duty and crying, you know, just not going home. Cause even, and I, I hadn't even been at the shop. For very long. I mean, I moved to that shop in November and was getting divorced by December. But, you know, obviously knowing Lance from my apprenticeship and all that stuff, it, it, it felt more comfortable there than it did at my house, at my apartment. You know, I was like, there's nothing at that apartment for me, man. Like, my cat, sure. But it was, it felt so uncomfortable to be there. I didn't. I didn't want to be there. I mean, mom and mom and dad were at the shop a lot, making sure I was okay. Yeah, it was a it was a rough time. I uh, I remember I did one tattoo, and I after I did, it, I was like, "Yep, this is why I'm not tattooing right now." Because I was, it didn't look good. You know, I was like, "That was bad. I shouldn't have done that." Like, I'm I'm not in any sort of mental capacity to be doing this and I wasn't and so I didn't I did that one and I was like yeah I'm definitely not doing it anymore until I get this figured out but then afterwards you know once I was I had grieved and I got I had kind of moved on I felt like I came back even better of an artist than I was before like even though I didn't tattoo for like a couple months I came back to drawing and tattooing and was like I feel even better than I did when I before this I, I overcame something, you know, like, and it, it helped my, my passion for this grow stronger and somehow my ability be better. But I don't know. Maybe it's just because I did the one tattoo. And I was like, that was butts. And now this is not butts. I have a few memories of that time of when you were getting divorced. And like earlier on when you were at that apartment and you had like nothing in it mm-hmm. and mom and I came in visited you and mom we get there and then mom left for some reason to like go to the store or something and I was like sitting on the couch with you and you were just like talking about stuff I remember being like why is he talking to me about this I like I was so young at the time I don't know why he's talking to me about this like that's great that he's talking to me about this But also, I just, I was like, I have no idea what to say back. I don't know how to respond to this. And then you were at the shop a lot. Mm -hmm. I think at this time, I was driving. I did have my driver's license. Mm. And so when I would come to the shop, you would be in the back. 
and um, you'd be playing Call of Duty yep. back there. Yep. I remember when I would visit, and even just that, that time in general, I just remembered thinking, like, I'm just really glad that he has, like, really good friends that will, like, let him hang out at the shop, hang out with him, like, let him talk, that sort of thing. It's like, I'm really glad that he has all these people that are, like, here for him when his family can't be. Mm-hmm. You slept over on Christmas Eve, uh-huh. and you slept on my bed, and I slept on the floor, and I don't even remember what we were watching, but we were watching something in my room on this the tiniest TV you've ever seen, and you were just like, Callie, never get married. <laughs> you, re- you literally said, never get married, it's a trap. And I was like, uh... It's like, I know he's just sad right now, but I was like, it made me so sad. So I was like, it's sad that he thinks like that. And I knew you wouldn't feel like that forever. Right. But just in that moment, I was like, oh, it's Christmas time and he's sleeping on my bed. Yeah. You know, for Christmas Eve. Yeah. I was Isn't like, it so nice getting heartbroken during the holidays? Yeah. It's I great. remember when I was heartbroken during the holidays. Yeah. That's going to be our next Christmas album gonna be sick dude heartbroken during the holidays yeah heart- heartbroken on for the holidays ha- heartbroken on the holidays <laughs> heartbroken harken on the heartbrokens <laughs> you guys can figure out how to spell that <laughs> i'll tell you what um when i when me and when me and emily separated she was deleted off facebook she was deleted off Instagram. She was deleted off Snapchat. She was deleted off everything, you know. Um, and I and I did that on purpose so that I wouldn't have to see anything that was going to make me sad again or make me angry or make me whatever. Because what I was trying to do was heal from being heartbroken, from being hurt like I was. And I was trying to heal from it. And I didn't think looking back on photos of her was going to help. And I didn't think that, oh, if I'm seeing her off with other men or doing whatever, you know, that that's going to help me feel better. It was just one of those things that I just, I, I cut her out. I cut her out of my life um, so that I could heal. And I was also going to therapy. That kind of started because at first, before we had actually separated, I was like, well, should should we go to you know, like a couple, couple therapy. And she was like, sure. And I was like, okay, cool. And so I, you know, booked an appointment with this therapist for us to go. She shows up, I show up, we're in this, you know, session. And basically shortly into it, she was just like, oh yeah, I only came here to serve you papers and gave me the divorce papers and then left. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. I had no idea that's yeah. That's how that happened. Yeah. She was like, I just didn't want it. I wanted it to be in a public space so you couldn't freak out on me like I was some monster or something. And I was like, okay, great. So now here I am sitting in this room after I've just paid this this person to to try to work on my marriage who then was like, oh, yep, I'm only here to say F you goodbye. And so now I'm sitting there. And the, you know, the therapist kind of talks to me a little bit. And then at the end of it. So this is in the room. Yeah. Yes. This is with the therapist. Oh, wow. Yeah. She she starts as, I mean, so it was an hour session, right? 
And I think Emily's there for probably 15 minutes before. Yeah. It was just like, a, Oh yeah, I'm just here to, to give you these papers and bounce and did. That's what she did. She gave, showed up there, sat there for like 15 minutes, didn't say anything. And was just like, Oh, yep. You've been served, you know, like gave me the divorce papers and then literally just left. And that was it. So now I have 45 minutes of me just sitting here going like, what just happened? I'm here. I am thinking we're going to, this is going to be an opportunity to work on stuff. And it really, this was the end. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you know, at the end of it, I I don't think there was a, not that I really remember too much, but there was definitely not a lot of talking that, that day with that therapist. And at the end of it, she asked me, she was like, well, would you like to continue seeing me? And I said, yes. She's like, so... She's like, we got a lot to unpack <laughs> just on this one experience that I've had with you guys. She's like, please say yes, because this is the most interesting session <laughs> I've ever had. So, yeah, I say, yeah. And I end up I end up going. I'm seeing her. I think at first it was like, it may have been two times a week. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was like two times a week for several weeks. You know, and then it slowed down to one time a week. And then it got to the point where I was going like every every couple weeks. But it was a lot of hard work in, in therapy. It was a lot of unboxing, a lot of my own crap. I don't know. It's it's one of those things. I I People want to say stuff to people like, oh, well, you think you're just better. Or you think you're a saint. Or you think this about you. And it's like one of those things I'm like, yeah, you know, am I a dick? Because I do think I am a pretty good person. Like, does that make me a bad guy? Am I am I not a good person? Like, you know, like having someone that you that that says they love you and care about you, and then be like, oh, you just think you're so good, aren't you? It's like, am I not? Am I not? You know, why do you why are you in love with me then if I'm not a good person? Like, what's mm-hmm. happening? Obviously, I had my own faults in a lot of things, but. Yeah, I, yes, I genuinely think I am a good person. I'm not a bad one. I'm not out there being malicious to people for no reason. Or even most of the time, even if I had a reason. You know, the only person I'm really mean to are my friends and uh, hockey players. (laughs) (laughs) And you. (laughs) There's something bad with someone saying, like, I know I'm a good person. Like, there's a, like... Well, why would you say that? Right. Like, that's very cocky of you. It's like, it's not, it's not cocky. I would say the same thing. I'm a good person. There are good qualities about me. I know there are bad ones too. Right. Do we have shortcomings? Sure. Yeah, but I, I am a good person. And I, I will say that at the end of the day. Yeah. I, same. I, and it's, it's one of those things too. It always makes me so mad. Because it's these, it's these deflection, it's these deflection phrases, you know, like when, when someone comes at you and they're like, Hey man, you shouldn't have done that. And then that person's like, Oh yeah, well you just, you think you're a saint. It's like, okay, first of all, why are you attacking me? I'm trying to tell you that that wasn't great of you. And now you're just like, I can do whatever I want. You know, it's like, okay, first of all, dude, I'm not trying to attack you. I tried to come at this at a way to be like, Hey, heads up. That's not cool. People don't like that. I'm I'm a very firm believer that one, not everyone has to like you. I am I do not care if most people like me. 
But the people that I do care about, I do want to be considerate and a better person around them because I care about them. Some person in a grocery store says like, well, I don't like that you have this or that you do this. I don't care. I don't care what you think at all, actually, because I'll probably never see you again. And I'm okay with that. So, but yeah, if a friend's like, hey, man, I don't like when you do this or a partner's like, I don't, I don't like when you do this. It's like, okay, well, I want to evaluate that in my life. Do I care enough about this person over the whatever it is to, to change? Or do I go, well, I don't really care because I care about that more than I care about you. And it's not so much that just when someone says they don't like something about you, you just go, okay, I'll change it, you know, because I like you. But yeah, evaluate it. Be like, is this is this something that means a lot to me to not alter? You know, like, nope, it's perfect the way it is for me. And that's all I think. I just, I think it's so easy to deflect. And that's what most people do. They deflect immediately. They're just like, nope, I'm great. I'm perfect the way I am. And if you can't, if you can't handle me at my worst and you don't deserve me at my best, it's like, bitch, you suck though. Like you suck. What are you talking about? Like slay, but yeah. you suck. <laughs> it's like, no, like your best is mediocre. Like, so stop, mm-hmm. you know, like why, why, why can't you be better? That's why I hate that. I hate that saying. I hate that. You know, and, and I don't think Marilyn Monroe meant that, you know, I don't think she meant to have people use it. Well, if you don't, if you don't, you can't handle me at my worst. You don't deserve me at my best. It's like, yeah, I understand everyone has days that's not great. And yeah, like love people through, through their, their shortcomings and their bad days. But like, that's, that's not a, that's not an excuse to be whoever you are and never be better. You know, it's not like a, yep, I am who I am. And you either take it or leave it. And like, I don't care either way. It's like, then you don't really care about anybody. At that point, you don't care about anyone. If you're not willing to look inwards because someone is literally saying something that you do or say or act or whatever it is, is like negative on them. And you just go, well, that seems like a you problem. It's like, then you don't care about anybody. You care about you and that's it. And which is whatever, you know, fine, I guess. Only care about you. But at some point, people are going to stop caring about you. And then you are the only one that's going to care about you. And life's going to get a lot harder. And life's already hard, dude. Just just be nice to people, you know. Just when someone says, Period hey. slay queen. Yeah, when someone says you're an idiot, just go, hmm, am I an idiot? <laughs> maybe then, you're right. And then think about it. I'm not saying you are or you're not. I'm just saying maybe, maybe look inwards a little bit instead of just going, oh, no, you're an idiot. Just maybe go, hmm, take a second. Think about it. Are you an idiot? Maybe you are, maybe you aren't. <laughs> And then go from there. I like that. I like that. That what I just said there. Maybe you are. Maybe you aren't. <laughs> maybe you are. Maybe you aren't. <laughs> so you're obviously in a new relationship. You're now. in. I'm gonna start that over. Okay. You're in a new relationship now. I wouldn't say new, but from the divorce, sure, yes. It's a different one. It's an. It's newer than that one. You're so exhausting. Yeah. Yes, that's what I mean, you jerk. <laughs> oh, I just don't want I just don't want people to be confused. It's not brand new. You know, it's not brand no, new. No, it's not brand new. You've been together how long? Five years. Five years. How do you feel like your divorce changed your view on the relationship you have now? Oh, I if hate. It's, I hate it's women. Oh. <laughs> no. <just kidding. laughs> um. You know, I, I my divorce. 
I did don't. that change did that change your view on dating at all or how you saw people like getting married I think it could have I think it, it maybe maybe it did you know but I think I I honestly think therapy was one of the best things I could have done in that moment because yeah before I was like actually like going going to it well just like in before I was like doing a lot of like I had gone to a lot of it I was, it was obviously I started it basically as soon as she left me, but it was, it was more of just a, in the first few weeks and stuff of it, I, I was very much spiteful and negative and I could have seen myself if I didn't have that continuing down that path of just getting even more spiteful and even more negative about love and sure women and the idea of trusting anybody with anything anymore. So did it change me? Maybe. Uh, but I think therapy helped counteract those changes that probably could have been made. Do you feel like if you had the chance to do your marriage over again, would you? That's a hard question. And I think it's hard in the sense of if I could do my marriage over again, and obviously I've met the person I'm with now, there's a part of me that says yes, but there's a part of me that says no. Because no, I love, I absolutely love Tanya. She has displayed so many more characteristics of loving me than Emily did. And who knows if that's because she loves me more or or it could just be the fact that obviously me and Emily were young and now I'm not as young and Tanya's even older than me. So maybe that's what it has to do with, I don't know. So yes, a part of me would want to do it over so that I didn't feel like I failed and I think that's just my ego though I think it's all ego of why I would want to do it over is because I feel like and not necessarily so much anymore but yet that that feels like a failure like if you go if you were to go through the book of my life that feels like a failure so yeah would I want to do it over for the fact of not failing sure but would I want to do it over in the sense that I think me and her could be something so much more than we were no not necessarily I think uh very much no matter kind of what that's where that relationship was heading I mean it would have taken so much more from me and her to change that outcome like yes like I said I had faults of of my own in that relationship but it would have taken some serious changing and growing in a very rapid manner for both of us to have not ended up in divorce. I think that's just a big thing in general. I mean, good for people that f find love early on, good for people that get married. But at the same time, I will say, obviously being a cynic in the moment, uh, you know, while I'm laying on your bed and saying, don't get married, I don't agree with that. But at the same time, I agree with, there's no rush to get married, man. I think it's a, another Utah thing. I, that was one of my questions too. And I've talked to you about this before. I know so many people who are getting married and having children mm -hmm. and it's altered my brain chemistry to be like, oh my gosh, I'm 20. I'm getting old. This is like old for me to like only be dating somebody. Right. I should at least be married. I should be thinking about kids, maybe have one on the way, maybe have one already. So I was going to ask what advice you have or like cautions you would have of getting married young and like you were young, yeah. but 22, I feel like is still a very reasonable age. Maybe? I don't, I don't. And that's obviously because I lived it. Can it, can it work out? Sure. Yes. 
I think there's plenty of people that proven that getting married young is it can still be uh, you know it can still lead to a happy lifelong marriage. At the same time, I also think that is a much older trait. Um, I think just the climate of the world, I feel like the technology advancements that we have, it is a lot easier to find attention somewhere else. So, you know, if you think to our grandparents and even our parents, being with someone was work and it always will be. And when you were having a fight with your partner, you couldn't, there was, there was nothing to go post a picture of you on and have all these people hound over you, you know, to make you feel better about yourself. Because at that very moment, you and your partner went in an argument or whatever, and you didn't feel like they loved you anymore, or they didn't love you enough, or they didn't love you the way that you needed them to, or whatever it was. And you could go find that in emptiness of social media. So yes, it was a, it was a, it was work and it had to be done because otherwise it was just, you were getting divorced and that was it. You know, there was no, there was no prospects really. I mean, sure there was, but there wasn't like the, the, there was the accessibility to feeling that emotional validation that there is now. And I think that's, I think that's a big problem. I think that's why so many people get divorced now is because it's just like, it's so easy. I also think like, yeah, again, the same thing as you, you feel, oh, I'm 20. I'm getting old. I should be having a, I should be having at least a, a kid and being married and all this other stuff. You know, it's it's this idea that that that's what we should be doing. So we do we buy into it and we do it. You know, and then we're like, holy crap, man! Like I'm this is not what I want. And also, I can still find these feelings uh, with someone else online, or I can I can stalk their Instagram and there's and see how beautiful they are and blah 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 blah. You know, and like they comment on my every picture, and my boyfriend doesn't comment on my pictures, and all this other stuff. It's like you can make it into a lot of things that I don't think are good. What was the question? <laughs> We're live again. Yeah. <laughs> we just had the worst experience ever, <gasps> where um, my computer stopped recording. So we've been talking for probably thirty minutes. <laughs> Yeah, definitely at least 20, for sure. And then it stopped recording. So anyway. Getting married young, you know, it's a a tricky thing. You don't need to. I don't know if we caught the part where I basically said it was was a business move. But yeah, it is. It's a a business move. You don't need to get married. You don't necessarily not need to get married. I'm not like trying to to crap on marriage because I'm not. I think it's a good thing, and I think love is great. Love is wonderful. But yeah, marriage, it kind of seems like marriage has nothing to do with love. Marriage has everything to do with money. And if you love somebody, you know, your life's not going your life's not going to change once you sign that piece of paper. Nothing magical happens from signing that piece of paper. It's not like it takes your your love for someone even higher. If you love someone, you love them. All that piece of paper does is, yeah, it makes it easier to do taxes or, you know, makes it easier to buy a house. So if those are the things that you're trying to do, great, then yeah, maybe it maybe it is good for your marriage or your relationship to, to get married, but you don't need it. It's not something that you should feel like you need to do at any sort of certain age or any certain point of a relationship. It should be something that's like, yes, once it's beneficial to your relationship and you as people, then yeah, get married because again, it's a business move. Make it work for you. Don't think it's something necessary because it's not. 
it's it doesn't it doesn't mean you don't love someone because you're not married to them. It doesn't mean that you uh, you're not committed to them. It just means yeah, man, we didn't we didn't tell the government, we didn't tell the papa papa and mama government that we we're gonna be together. You know, otherwise you're just doing it. Which again goes back to filming a concert. Just be there, man. Just be there. You know, you're there. You're in that relationship. You're in that love with someone. Marriage, uh, marriage is like filming it. You know, it's like we we get it. You're there, dude. If it's good for you, then do it. You know, don't feel like 21, 22, 23. There's not a certain age for it that's gonna be the best for it. It's it that has everything to do with what your relationship needs. And don't feel so grown because you're not. You ain't grown at 20. You ain't grown at 22. Hell, I don't feel grown at 29. Uh, I if you were to ask me, do I feel wiser or in a better place than when I was 20 or even 19. Let's just say, we'll just go, we'll just go back to 19. Do I feel smarter? Do I feel wiser? Do I feel like I'm better off? No, not really. Have I changed? Sure. Have I grown? Sure. But not, not in the significant way that you think 10 years is going to do for you, you know, and being someone's parent, you know, that's crazy too. Cause you're like, I'm, I'm responsible for somebody. But I still feel like a kid myself, you know, like I still feel like a kid. You are currently right now a, a step parent. Yep. And you have experience with having a step parent. Yep. I do not. Yep. So how do you feel like just grow, growing up and now what did and what does that look like for you? Yeah, growing up, growing up with a step parent, I definitely feel like is, I mean, being a step parent is thankless. If being a parent is thankless, being a step parent is even more thankless. And you love these people. You love these children that aren't yours. You try to be there for them. You try to show them a good time. You you do all the same things as a as a parent would do. Sometimes you get uh, crap in return. Like I, I know I wasn't the greatest person to, to your dad at a young age. I wanted, I wanted nothing to do with him for a long time. You know, I didn't, I, I, I felt like I had a dad and I was good. I was good with my one dad. You know, I was, it was okay. I'm, I'm solid. I think I've said this before, but Cody and Spencer have a different dad than Ethan and I. My dad came into the picture when Cody and Spencer were really little. So they have experience with a, with a step parent with them being really young. Yeah, I think gosh, uh when you know, when your your dad and mom bought the first house when we lived out in Kearns, who I think when that thing was getting built, I had I was I was maybe four, so Cody may have been six. And at that time it was like it was fine cuz it it's the same with when I entered in Sky's life, she was six. And when, when I first entered her life, it was more of like a, yeah, like, oh, I got another person to play with and all this other stuff. And then, yeah, as they get a little bit older, and I don't know. I don't know if it's maybe jealousy from the dad or it's just as a, a just a biological thing to not want uh, another parent figure in your life. I don't know, because, yeah, Sky definitely got kind of the same way with me. Not so much. I definitely feel like I was much more of a butthead about it than Sky is for sure. And maybe even most people. I was a, I was a butthead about it. I, I literally wanted absolutely nothing to do with Doug. And I it made me feel ter- well, it, ma- it makes me feel terrible now. It didn't then, obviously, or I wouldn't have done it probably, but yeah, it definitely makes me feel bad, especially knowing, like, going through that, knowing how that feels firsthand now, where it was like, oh, that stings, you know, and then it's like a double burn on me where I'm like, I feel that rejection kind of, and then also I think about 
that I caused that for someone else too. And I'm like, dang, dude, like that's, that's rough. That's rough that I did that. And, uh, I think, I think the internet will show a lot of traumas that parents cause to their children, you know, like, Oh, you won't remember when you yelled at your children because they didn't eat their vegetables, but your children will always remember that. It's like, you think that's true, right? You think it's only one-sided? Do you know how much trauma kids cause to their parents? You know the, the, the messed up stuff kids say to their parents? That you think we just forget about that? You think it's just, that's just like, oh, in and out, you know? No, that we hold on to it. It hurts. And then we have to convince ourselves that you're not, you know, you don't really feel that way. You're just saying that because you don't understand how to really convey your emotions. Children cause trauma to parents all the time, man. It's uh, obviously I'm not like, oh, kids are crappy, but I'm so tired of all these kids that are like, oh, my parents were mean to me. And they didn't even realize it. They were just being mean for no reason. It's like, yeah, you guys are mean for no reason. You know, people say stuff. It's unfortunate. It's an unfortunate part of life that we're all pretty good at saying things that are crappy, even though we don't necessarily mean them. And even if we did mean them at the time, you know, it's like you grow up, you think about it and go, wow. Or it happens to you, you experience what you did to someone and go, that sucks, man. That stings. Maybe I shouldn't have been like that. It's a good learning point when you experience something that you can relate to going oh I was on the other end of this at one point to someone I was the one doing this to someone and this feels like garbage and then it makes you a little bit more you know empathetic of not doing that again to someone going I know how this feels to have this done and I'm gonna not I'm I'm not gonna be the reason someone feels that I mean that's that's always kind of how I've thought that's been one of my my main driving points as a human I've always said it's a it's a curse, but it's also a blessing. Well, oh sorry, it's a blessing, but it's also a curse because I've always thought about what my actions, how they'll affect other people, you know. And it it's it's made me I feel like a good person, but also it has gotten in the way of me getting I feel like things doing things that I want to do. Obviously, you know, like it's it. I think I think they call that morals. They really get in the way of stuff sometimes because obviously sometimes I just want to be a dirtbag, but. I can't because I don't want to cause someone to feel bad over something I did. And karma. And karma. Sky is your karma. Sky, yeah, yeah, for sure. Sky is my karma. I deserve every <laughs> bit of that. Well, I think that's all I got. I just wanted to talk to you about our childhood and divorce, I guess. Yeah, man. Just bring up all the heavy stuff with me. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, it's all right. I'm strong. I can handle it. <laughs> You're fearless. I'm fearless and never fearful. <laughs> he has fearless tattooed above, above his eyebrow. Yeah. So. And then also on my chest, I have never fearful. I really want you to understand that I'm not scared. He is not scared of anything ever by anybody. Except for bears and spiders. Bears and spiders. However, yes. Spiders are small. You eat eight spiders a year. I, I, I don't know how true that is. Me neither, but I read it. And I believe it. I snore. So spiders definitely could be crawling into my mouth. Oh, I don't want to know that. Oh, well, you eat spiders, man. Also, I think they're like in canned food and stuff, too. So oh my gosh, it's just like one of those things. I think that's what they calculated as like just spiders crawling in your mouth while you're sleeping. And then also like the amount of bugs that are just in food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just eating bugs all day, man. We're basically Timon and Pooba just eating grub, eating grubs. <laughs> 
Well, do you have any last words of wisdom? Don't feel pressured into doing something, whether that means someone's pressuring you or you're pressuring yourself. Which is interesting you say that because I have two tattoos and both of them (laughs) I was a little bit bullied into, which am I glad I got them? Yes. But was I bullied into them? Yes. So I would also say maybe be a little bit bullied. Oh, I'm, I'm going to bully you for <laughs> sure. And that's not just you in general. I'm going to bully everybody. I'm a bully. But yeah, don't don't feel pressured by other people or society to do certain things. Don't be so serious. Definitely get off social media more because everyone's a liar on there saying their lives are way better than they are when they're not. They're just as miserable as you are. And remember that. <laughs> Everyone is no one. Knock Every, it off. Everyone is no one. Knock it off. <laughs> and also get out of my way while I'm driving. You're all pissing me off. <laughs> if you're ever driving around and you see a white truck and it looks like my brother, just go anywhere that's not near him. If you see a, a white truck with a face tattooed guy in it get out of the way if you see a black motorcycle with a dude wearing all black and a gray helmet also get out of the way because that's also me because you're going too slow no matter how fast you're going you're going too slow you could be going 20 over i'm trying to go faster than you so get out of my way (laughs) it's so uncomfortable driving with him sometimes (laughs) like there was one day i met him at a shop we were going to go back to his house, watch the Bruins game. And I was like, hey, I don't know how to get there. So I'm just going to follow you. Dude, like, gets through this light and just keeps going immediately. And I was like, well, I'm going to have to figure it out now. And to be fair, <laughs> I pulled, I thought, because I saw you backing out and I thought you were going to make the light. I didn't realize that light was going to be as short as it was. I was like, she's going to make this light. You didn't. I didn't. Which is whatever. But then I was like, oh gosh, I need to like pull over somewhere to like wait for. But I'm like, none of this, none of this is like a good spot to pull over. I don't want to have to pull like it because obviously there was the mall right there. The street we were on is a very bad street. Right. It wasn't, it wasn't a good, uh, it wasn't a good place to pull over. So I'm just like, oh, I just kept driving more (laughs) and being like, where's a good place to pull over that I'm not like pulling off into like a parking lot, you know? And And I was almost expecting, I was like, well, he'll probably, he'll probably like call me. Like, pretty quickly. Like, I was kind of waiting for it. And I was like, I don't think he's going to call me. I think I'm just on my own. Spoiler alert. I called her. Way late. I, I mean, it was before my house. That's all that really matters. Like bef- it was It was before, before we had there. to get off that street. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting because he left way before me. And then I got to his house way before him because he was playing Pokemon no, Go and driving. No, allegedly allegedly i was playing pokemon go and driving you can't prove that i can't it's alleged no and you can't prove that you've seen me do it it's all alleged until there's video evidence it's alleged i've never done that okay it's all speculation it's all hearsay objection overruled (laughs) i find you in contempt adjourned court words okay Well, do you, do you want to do the honors of my little outro thingy? Uh, no. Why? Because I won't see you. They won't see me at the same time, same place. They'll only see you. Right, but it's, it'll be fun if you say it. Well, guys, I think uh, I think that's it for tonight. So, uh, you know the drill. Um, thanks for listening. Callie, we'll see you guys same time, same place next week. 
This has been uh, the Cali After Hours podcast, but uh, only better with me on it this time. <laughs> Peace out, guys. See ya. Bye. Bye.